0: What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Sportsman Spencer here, and today I'm gonna to be doing my NBA Week in Review, number six, I believe. I would like to apologize. I did not do my NFL Week 15 predictions. I was gonna do them Friday. I was very sick, and and I went to the Lakers game last night, which was Saturday night. So clearly, didn't have time to do it. So i'm sorry for that this has been a really good week for the nfl though a lot of good games i'm very happy to see pittsburgh win but enough of that let's just get right into it with the first topic and that is the trevor ariza trade okay so in this trade you have the Suns receiving austin rivers a much-needed point guard and kelly Oubre, a meh young wing player And you have Washington receiving a good 3 and D veteran that can help them out this season. This trade says one thing to me. Washington is not going to trade Bradley Beal or John Wall this season. This is their last little push. I expect them to... Okay, I'll not be surprised to see them make like one more deal to try to give them more veterans... To get them over that hump and make them a playoff team. I will not be surprised at all to see that. That, like... Washington, with all that drama with old John Wall calling out the coach and shit like that, and then Bradley Beal, I I mean, I will not be surprised to see that team just blow up, but... they haven't for some reason. I mean, that's exactly what I would do is just blow it up. You're not going to you're not going to do a single thing with that team. But clearly they want to make it to the playoffs. They want to give one last little push and hopefully somehow get a second veteran to make the champ. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's just not going to happen. It's just not Washington. You have no business making that trade blow it up okay now on the sun side of things the Suns already have their two main guys that they plan on going for in the well not going for they plan on playing through in the future Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden those are their two main guys the Trevor Ariza trade for them basically meant I don't really know why they traded them but the thought was most likely they can get value for a guy who's gonna leave. Cause let's face it, Trevor. I'm not sure why he went to Phoenix. Probably for the money, but he went to Phoenix. I that 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 shocked me when I saw it. Was seeing that he went to the Suns. A team who's currently I think a six win team right now. I, that that deal made no sense for to me. But hey, the Suns are getting. A Kelly Oubre Jr., who is currently averaging 13 points per game, and an Austin Rivers, who is currently averaging 7 points per game. This deal does not help out your team very much. It really doesn't. Like, the Suns, I get it, they needed a point guard really bad, and I guess Austin Rivers, I mean, he's the best you got now, but I just. Are you really getting better with Austin Rivers? Is he really? I I don't like him. As a player, he's not a very good shooter. He's not very good at anything. He's just a typical average, slightly below average point guard. Okay, and now the Kelly Oubre pickup, I do like that. He's a good young wing who is a decent shooter and I think can be a good bench piece moving forward for that team. But Washington, to me, this deal really had no winners. Of course, after the fallout of the three-team deal with the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies would have won that deal. But with this trade between Phoenix and Washington, this is just a lose-lose for both teams. But if I had to pick a winner, I would say Phoenix. Phoenix, to me, got a... Okay, my, my grades for the... My grades for the teams in this trade, Phoenix got a B and Washington got a F. Got an F. (laughs) Washington has no business trying to make the playoffs because that's what they're trying to do. That's the message they're sending by making this trade. That means, hey, we're trying to make a push. We're trying to make the playoffs. We're trying to do something, which which they have no business doing. Get assets with Bradley Beal. John Wall is untradeable. You're not going to be able to trade him. But get assets and young players, picks, for Bradley Beal. I don't get the whole, let's get Trevor uh, Ariza and try to make the playoffs and do something. No, because you're not going to do anything. You're a dysfunctional team that has no business trying to make the playoffs. Oh, now the Suns, the only reason that they're getting a B... Is that they're turning? I think a thirty-seven year old into a probably to a Kelly Oubre, who's I think like twenty-three. That's the only reason they're getting a beat, and they're getting an average point guard. Like they're probably they're still going to be a really bad team. I don't think this helps out the team very much, but Kelly Oubre, they got a younger. Version of Trevor Ariza, who they can keep for the long run, which I like that part. He he can be a very good bench piece moving forward. And then Austin Rivers, who I think will be gone after, after this season. But I think the trade was centered around Kelly Oubre. Just to recap, the Suns got a B and the Wizards got an F. And on to the next topic, we have the Raptors Big win over Golden State Wednesday night on prime time ESPN. They won 113 to 93. The leading scores for each team being Kyle Lowry for the Raptors with 23 points, 12 assists, and for the Warriors, Kevin Durant dropping 30 points, seven rebounds, and five assists. For the Warriors, Kevin Durant was the only bright spot. He was the only spot that's really like, hey, he had a really good game. The Splash Brothers combined for 2 for 13 from 3. And I can't really do the math on top of my head, but roughly 10 for 29. Which is just below 33% field goal shooting field goal percentage just below 30 percent. field goal percentage Steph Curry and Klay Thompson when they do bad the team does bad because they're the two guys that are going to take the three-point shots those are the two main guys that you have to watch out for from three-point range and that's what their offense revolves around when you take them out of the game they're it is very rare for them to play insanely well now, I expect that to change when Boogie Cousins comes because that adds another really good piece. He's, he, is, he is not a shooter. He plays a whole different game. But in the time being, when you take out Clay and Steph, which is very hard to do, but when, it, but when the rare occurrence happens, you will beat them by 20, and that showed. Because this Raptors team, without Kawhi, They had Kyle Lowry and Sergi Baca being their main two guys. Those were their main guys. And those main guys exposed four All-Stars on the same team. Draymond Green had 2.7 assists and five rebounds, shooting one for five. Okay, now Kevin Durant had a great game. He went 13 for 22 with 30 points but when you have four all-stars you're bound to have one have a really good night but one is not enough for the Warriors when you take out the three ball which they did which which Nick Nurse and the Raptors did they did very well you have taken out their offense Someone is bound to get thirty points on that team. That that is a given. Someone's bound to have a good night every game, and that was KD. But when you take out the other three guys, and Draymond has never been a scoring threat, so I'm just gonna limit it down to KD, Steph, and Clay. I'm gonna say three. So so when you take out two of those three guys, you sh- you will win. When you take out Two of the three between Steph, Clay, and KD. You take out two of those guys from the game, you will win. Now that is in, that's virtually impossible. That's why it's that's why the Warriors have been so dominant because teams are still trying to figure out how to do that. But the Raptors did it perfectly. Like, you held the greatest team ever. Well, well, I have it. This one of the greatest teams ever to ninety three points. I'm sorry for that, but and in the midst of your whole starting lineup, four of the five players shooting fifty percent or above. The only one not being Serge Ibaka, which he shot seven for sixteen, which is still pretty damn good. Just looking at this, like the Warriors. That bench is not very good. I'm not a fan of their bench personally. I'm a fan of Jordan Bell and Quinn Cook. But if you can... If... If you can design a second unit... Because clearly they're still going to have two of the All-Stars. With... Like within the second rotation. That's a given. But if you can design something like during a playoff series to beat that oh my gosh that would be incredible I just I just want to see the Warriors lose that's basically <laughs> that's basically the given of this segment but let's talk about the Raptors some now this was a Kawhi list game they did not have Kawhi keep keep that in mind Kyle Lowry 23 points 12 assists Serge Ibaka 20 points 12 boards Pascal Siakam, 13 points, and I'm very impressed with Siakam this season. He's playing insane. He's having a really good year. Fred Van Lee, 10 points, shooting 4 for 8, and Danny Green, 15 points, shooting 6 for 11. That, That Warriors defense could not stop them. They had no chance. None. When that starting lineup, when they all almost shoot 50%, There's no chance. Now, I don't think this game means too much. I do think this will be the finals matchup. And you can say, oh, the Raptors, they're a regular season team. Which, I mean, in the past, yeah, they have been. But this is a whole new team. They took out DeMar DeRozan and added Kawhi. They fired the coach. It, it it's a whole new coach and a whole new superstar that's the difference between past teams and this team i think the raptors will make the finals and ultimately face the warriors and if the raptors can play like this and shut down curry and clay which if you do you will win that is that is the overall that's That is what I take out from this game. If you can shut down Curry and Clay, because Draymond is not a scoring threat, he's not. If you can take out two of their three scoring threats, you'll win. And on to the next topic, we're going to be talking about the Chicago Bulls and all the drama circulating around their franchise right now. This, okay, we've all known the Bulls have been a bad team. There's no debating that. They're a young team who is in a deep rebuild. They are in the worst spot in their rebuild that they will be in. This season is that bad spot. Now, Lori Markkinen has been out for most of the season. He came back, I think, last week, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and that is a big addition back, but let's just get on... At the drum, I'm gonna stop stalling. And uh, <laughs> they fired Fred Hoiberg roughly a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago. And they lost by fifty six points to the Bulls. I- I'm not to the Bulls to the Celtics. And I understand the Celtics have a good chance of going to the finals, and they may very well go to the finals. But you can't lose fifty 50- and you cannot lose to by any to any team by 56 points. There is no excuse for that. Absolutely none. And then the next day, the Bulls who clearly need to get better after losing by 56 points in their little group chat or son, they're texting each other deciding whether or not they want to go to practice. And you know what? I get it. I can kind of understand it. Like, hey, you're bad. And, like, you don't want to go to practice. You're you in a bad mood because you just lost by 56. You know, your coach got fired. But are you really going to be that much of bitches and just choosing? And, like, you're going to consider even the thought goes through your head that, hey, I don't want to get better for my job I make millions of dollars off of. How does that go through your head after you lose by 56? If if you would have won by 56, hey, by all means, you can skip practice the next day. But when you lose by 56 points and you have the audacity to sit there and say, yeah, nah, I don't want to go to practice. And you text your friends on the team and say that same thing. You're a bitch. There's nothing else to it. I don't care about any of like, You need to get better. Chicago, you need to get better. You have young pieces such as Zach Levine, Lori Markinen, and Wendell Carter. You gotta get better. You can't have all this drama surrounding you. And to follow up, a few days ago, it was announced that Jabari Parker, averaging 15 points per game as the Bulls starting small forward, I believe, has been taking out taken out of the rotation. The guy they just acquired for 2 years and a 40 million dollar contract. How do you take him out of your rope? That that shocks me. I don't get the thought process there. I, I, like you can just come out and say, "Yeah, I'm tanking." Like you can just do that instead of doing the whole, "Yeah, let's take out Jabari Parker, like, you can just trade them. You don't have to do all this. That's just, if you're a major free agent, well, let's just say you want to get traded, such as Contavious Caldwell Boat for the Lakers does, why would you say, yeah, Chicago's my destination? Why would you want that look on your franchise? And why, as players, would you install that look? They're like, ooh, I don't wanna go there'd you see the players they don't even want to go to practice? That's if if you're a big name free agent, you know looking to be on your own team, you're tired of being at the second star, you wanna basically be the leader of your team. I'm not going to Chicago. No no no. I'm not going to Chicago with all that drama and shit? No. Hell no. Now, clearly, Jabari Parker is going to be traded within the next few days. That will probably be on the next NBA Weekend Review, but I wish him luck to wherever he goes. And, uh, yeah, my main, like, just a quick summary is that you don't want this look on your team that, yeah, we just fired our coach. Our coach that, first of all, why would you fire him? Just let them finish out the season. What do you gain? I do no No, that's fine. But a summary would be that after you fire your coach, lose by fifty six, and have players deciphering whether or not they're going to go to practice the next day, why would you want to go there as an NBA player? There's no reason to. That's a. There's ab- There's zero reason to. I would be ashamed to be a Bulls fan or a member of the of the organization. And on to my player of the week. We have Joel Limpede, Power Forward slash center for the Philadelphia 76ers. I chose not to talk about him being unhappy with his role because I don't think that means anything. I he's clearly gonna stay there for the long run and clearly this is still new to the to the 76ers and their coach and all the players trying to adapt with Jimmy Butler trying to fit him into the system and build a system around him. So I don't think that means a, I don't think that means a single thing, but this week Joel Embiid has averaged 32.3 points per game and 15.3 rebounds per game. The 76ers are going to be just fine. I don't think that Joel Embiid's news means anything at all. This is the outro. I would just like to apologize. My voice sounds weird. I'm still sick. So that's why I didn't... You know what, being straight up, I didn't really put a lot of effort into this podcast. That's why it sounds kind of shaky. I just wanted to put this out because I didn't want to leave you guys at like... Five days without podcast because I know I didn't do the predictions because of it. I toughened up. I went to the Lakers game. But, and I mean, y'all can criticize that because as I go to a Lakers game, you can't put an hour into a podcast. But hey, it's just like, I'm sick. I thought I would release this. I'm sorry if you guys thought it was kind of awkward or just bad, but this apology. I will still be doing uh, the analysis and takeaway from every game on Tuesday. And uh, if you enjoyed this, share it with your friends. If you did not, share it with your friends. And yeah, hope you enjoyed.